Hey, everybody. Welcome to Co-Creating with Colin and Stephanie. Uh, I'm Colin. I'm a spiritual guide and medium. My name's Stephanie, and I am a transformational life coach. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, please, uh, if you like the video, click the like button. If you would like to subscribe to us, subscribe. Um, and if you're listening to the podcast also, if you would like to subscribe to our podcast, please feel free to do so. No pressure. But um, today uh, we're going to talk about uh, oracle cards and tarot cards, which um, both of us have some familiarity with, but I guess I'm a little more. You um, have a variant. lot more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to learn a lot today. Um, so, yeah. So some people watching will know what they are. Some people won't. Um, so I guess I, I think it's, it would be easiest for me to just talk about how I discovered them. I had heard about tarot cards, you know, since I was a little kid, but they just sort of sounded like this. I didn't really know what exactly what they were. I think I've probably seen scenes in a movie or two growing up where there was like a fortune teller who used them, but I didn't understand what they were. Um, and I definitely didn't know that Oracle cards existed at all or what the relationship between Oracle and tarot was. And my first exposure was I had a intuitive nudge to go into Barnes and Noble one day and San, when I was visiting San Diego from Los Angeles which was not unusual because I love Barnes and Noble, but I actually had a, like a real nudge, like I was supposed to go get a particular book is what I thought. And I went to various sections. I ended up in the sort of spirituality, self-help, whatever section that is. And I was really drawn to, and I can, I think I have it here with me. Oh, right on. I was drawn to, and I just saw the, the spine because it was, you know, oh, on a shelf. Nice. And, um, Oh, like the enchanted her. map and I just it drew my attention because the art I'm a huge Dungeons and Dragons freak so it had that kind of element to it and I was like what is this and I picked it out and uh read the back of it which has a little bit of a description and it has some um it has like three of the cards are pictured on the back and I was just like this it just felt right this is it this is what oh, I should wow. purchase today and I don't know what they are but I'll take them home and figure them out and so when I got back to LA, um, I, I, I now know there's a term, I unboxed them. <laughs> when you first open your Oracle cards. And there is a little book. Wow, that's beautiful. That uh, came with it. And then there's all these um, cards, which are beautiful. They're still beautiful. They have these, this gold. I love that. My deck uh, of cards, Oracle. Yeah. And well, they're goddess. Like, yeah, Oracle cards, yeah. They look like on the top. Mm. And, um, individually, you know, all the cards have different um, paintings or artists. Um, Gorgeous. Yeah, and the ones in this deck, I mean, there's a lot of amazing art in Oracle and Tarot card decks, but this mm -hmm. one is one of, this is still one of my all-time favorites. Wow. Um, but I still didn't know what they were, so I had to read this book, like this, this book, <laughs> and figure out, like, what do you do? And um, it was really cool. And basically what I came to understand was that this had been created by, you know, a spiritual person who um, wanted to create a tool for people to get some guidance in a, in a creative, interesting way using cards. And basically it could be, it could be different things. It could be either 
to help you get in touch with your own intuition about something that maybe you've got so much sort of crazy thinking about something you're you're not clear and the card might help you get clear on your intuition like what your heart and spirit knows about something um it could also be that it could help you get guidance depending on your view and belief in a higher power um you could get guidance from that force or whatever you believe um through the card and um so i started doing them just for myself but i it took me a while to get into it actually it, i i would pull it out and i would do like a reading or two for myself and i'd be like super excited and then i just sort of would like put it away i think because i didn't know how it would fit in my life <laughs> um i'm a virgo i have to know how everything fits Ooh, and okay. so <laughs> good to know yeah but um eventually i i think you were the first person like after doing a few for myself, I was like, you know, this would be even more fun if I did it for someone else. Mm. But I was trying to figure out like who would be open to that, like who would really think it would be okay and not too weird and not, you know, whatever. Um, and so I, you were the first person I did one for. I think we were mm. at um, Twigs Coffee Shop in San Diego. Oh, wow. for some okay. Memory of. I think we were just meeting for coffee, but then towards the end, I was like, Oh yes. Are you we're up like, to hey. cool? like, Hey. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah so i did a reading for you and then i and then i did subsequent ones for you and one of the ones i did from we did on the phone from la and i just yes sent you text pictures yes one of my all i will remember it forever it's all one of my all-time favorite three card readings um but uh yeah so basically the the way that you use them is you you pick a card and um at random you usually shuffle them and then the, the this book, um, so this card deck was created by Colette Baron Reed that I, and I later learned that she is like one of the largest, you know, most well-known creators of Oracle card decks. She's created, I think it's like up to 20 different decks now. Um, I didn't know that at the time. I thought this might be the only thing like it, <laughs> which is yeah. funny now because now there's like hundreds of different types of Oracle card decks, but yeah. essentially she has a little ritual in here, which I really love which sort of, if you're doing a reading for someone else, you just sort of ask them to visualize um, this sort of scene in your mind to get you in sort of a spiritual open place. Mm. And, um, and then you pull cards and there's different ways you can pull cards. You can pull one, you can pull three, you can pull seven, whatever. And um, basically what I, what I did is I pulled a card, it has a number on it typically, and then a, a name. And then that corresponds to, I don't know if you've seen this one. What does it say? Come, come together. together. Oh, kissing. Beautiful. With a pelican. Number eight. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. a heart with a, yeah, that's yeah. great. So um, we just go in the book to card number eight. It's new, you know, they're in numerical order. And then there's um, a description so, yeah. that you can read. And then, um, some decks, I would say most decks, uh, assume that there's a different meaning if it, if when you draw it, it comes up uh, right side up or right side down. So, so then you don't always keep the deck right side up. You just, it just, it is. Most people just shuffle the cards and you know, like a lot, what a lot of people do, you can shuffle them any way that feels right for you, but right. a lot, a lot of people like put them on a table almost like you're a little kid and you just yeah okay okay so around like that got it so that en ends up that some yeah. they're not all upright 
Okay. Um, right away though, I've had an issue with that because um, a lot of people have experience with tarot. So tarot, which is a little bit of a different animal, I'll talk about it in a moment. Um, but tarot has a history of, you know, most people who read tarot do that to shuffle the cards and the meanings are different um, depending on whether the card is upright or reversed. And, and a lot of the reversed meanings in traditional tarot tend to be kind of gloomy. <laughs> and um, for those, and there's all sorts of different card readers, but there are some who, you know, feel completely comfortable interpreting a card to mean mean something very terrible in your future mm. and the reverse is the reverse position is typically that for those people that something bad is going to happen and instead of like something good will happen to you based on the card being upright but then like the lack of that or the opposite of that is going to happen to you and it's going to be bad and um so reverse cards are kind of like they're, they're always tricky for me and I feel like they're tricky for a lot of people because of that legacy from the tarot where it's like- So what do you do with that? Well, I mean, I was helped by uh, Colette because I started, once I started to figure out like, oh, she's like a personality, like she has a whole YouTube channel and she does readings for everybody once a week and all this sort of stuff. I started following her on YouTube and um, and she talks about that and she talks about how for her, it just means that the reverse card position, it's about this, it means that the topic is the same or the advice or the guidance is the same, but it means that you're having a special challenge in that area of your life or with whatever the reading is about and you need extra help. So the reverse position is not telling I you love that. going to happen. I love that, that's it's beautiful. It's like the universe giving you extra help with it. Thank you, Colette. Um, yeah. Um, so I tell everybody, you know, when I do my first reading for them, that I don't do any um, readings with any sort of dark, you know, result. Yeah. Like I ask yeah. the universe not to say that difficult and challenging things aren't going to happen to people, right. but I just don't want to uh, be in the business of predicting that kind of stuff through my card readings. If other readers want to do that, that's, that's up to them. And if people mm -hmm. want to go to those readers, that's up to them. Nor do we want to perpetuate that energy, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, I want to, I use the cards. I love the cards. And I think there's a, there's a, now I know there's a global community of people who are like obsessed with tarot. <laughs> Some people are tarot only, like there's sort of people that are, feel like tarot is like the one true type of card and oracle cards are kind of like, the yeah. diet sprite of tarot <laughs> um, the, but um there's now a global community of um of people that are really jazzed about cards and um and i, I guess i'm one of them um i think just really briefly the difference that as i understand i'm still learning tarot I've, I've been learning it very slowly for a very long time i have many tarot decks one one at least one of which two of which i can show you but um so with oracle cards the the decks the assumption is is that the cards are very specific relatively specific in their meaning um you know and sometimes the card is very explicit like there's one in one of my decks called a uh, career change <laughs> and it like the meaning of that card is you're going to experience a career change it's very specific um and typically the 
um, the explanations of the meaning of the cards in books like these are very specific to that. So there's some interpretation, but not as much as tarot. Tarot, it's almost like learning a foreign language because there's, um, I think there's something like 72 cards. That's terrible that I can't remember, but there, I think there's like 72 cards. Um, they all have a different uh, description, different uh, picture on them. And the meaning of each individual card is sort of a much wider, broader uh, meaning. It's not mm -hmm. specifically like you're going to experience yeah. a career change. It's, yeah. um, you know, as I understand it, like a lot of the cards are sort of like this is this card is typically to do with work or job. And it implies that there will be a shift or something like that. So you have sort of that general understanding, but it could be like a whole bunch of different things. And when you look at the spread, what they call the spread of cards, which um, that's just basically a configuration of when you pull the cards and put them down on the table, mm -hmm. um, you can do readings with a spread, which means that you're asking spirit or the universe um, for a card to mean something um, specific to your question or what the reading is about. So in other okay. words, like one of the most common spreads um, everywhere is the, is the past, present, future spread, which is oh, you just draw right. three cards. Yeah. The card on the left, uh, you're asking the universe to say, what about my past is informing this situation or area of my oh. life or question? Uh -huh. yeah. And the middle card is, what is the present situation with this situation or question? Mm -hmm. And what is the near future likely hold? I like that regarding that so yeah. but there are, I mean you can go I mean there's 12 card spreads there's 16 card spreads there's all this kind of stuff um but the spread tends to be more important in tarot because where a card falls in the spread in tarot can change the meaning far more dramatically than an oracle card that kind of has a fixed meaning um so like if you get like the three of wands it could mean one thing if it was in the past position it can mean something entirely different if it's in the future position if you were doing a spread that the positions weren't to do with time but were to do with like you know something like what do i need to know you know and that's what that the whatever card you draw that's what you're asking the universe to tell you about um, it could be vastly different than if it was in some other sort of position in that same spread so tarot is something and and generally speaking tarot readers sort of um, give themselves or, or are encouraged to have their own sort of interpretation of the tarot so that oh. it's almost like, um, I, I guess I can't really think of a great metaphor, but um, with Oracle, with an Oracle card reader, like you're, if, if that's, if you're only using Oracle cards, you're more likely to get like a very specific reading that matches whatever's in the book for those cards mm -hmm. with a tarot reading if they only do tarot typically they don't use books although there are books that explain and websites that explain have different viewpoints on the different meanings of the different cards right. but typically when you go to like a tarot reader and you know you pay for a reading what they're kind of advertising or saying they do is they they have they know what all the cards mean they know what they mean in different positions and different spreads they're very versed in it in the language of it 
So they won't be using a book. They'll be like interpreting it live based on their knowledge and experience and just looking at the cards, which I admire very much. And I, I'm aspiring to be able to do that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, at the moment, well, it I sounds still- to me like you're, you were definitely heading in that direction. You were more there than you were before. Yeah, I think, and that's what I kind of really like about tarot. Um, even though I got into Oracle cards first and I, I, <clears throat> I, I had a long time where I was just doing Oracle card readings before I even like got into the tarot at all. Um, but what I now realize is that tarot came first. You know, tarot cards were uh, invented in the Middle Ages in oh, Europe. Okay. And so they're very old um, for the most part. Um, Oracle cards, I'm not sure when the first deck was created, but it sort of looks to me like somewhere in the 1960s. So oh, very okay. recent. Oh, yeah. Very, but but yeah. people who make Oracle cards clearly understand the tradition of the tarot. In fact, in, in a lot of Oracle card decks, you'll have a card that's like, very similar to a card in the traditional tarot deck you know so if um, someone were were new at any of this mm-hmm. what would would it just depend on the person as far as what card what deck they would go into whether it be oracle or tarot what would yeah i would say that yeah i mean i think it's like a lot of things i think if i were to give someone advice i would say like just start with something that resonates with you like if you're really curious about it um I mean, we're in the COVID era when we're recording this. Um, so the spiritual shops in Los Angeles are closed right now. <laughs> but, you know, at, at some point when you can go to a spiritual shop, most of them have, um, at least the ones in Southern California that I've been to, they have like an Oracle card area. And um, you can get them at Barnes and Noble and places like that, but it's catch as catch can. Some stores have them or they'll have one deck or something in the spiritual section. But most spiritual shops, um, that carry crystals and, uh, you know, books on astrology and things like that will have, they'll sell uh, tarot and or Oracle cards. Then you can just go look at the boxes and kind of just see what resonates with you. Um, There's a spiritual store in Pasadena that I've been to several times and I forget, I'm blanking on the name of it. I feel terrible. Um, But they actually have an enormous case of Oracle and tarot cards and they have for each deck they sell they have one that they've unboxed okay i love stores like that thank you very much yes so sometimes just the three images they have on the back is not enough for me i want to be able to i've done that i've bought decks because the the ones like on the back of the box or that they show on amazon the three that they show are so amazing and then i get the deck and it's like 20 of the 50 (laughs) i don't like the card or it's weird but Yeah. yeah So, um, you know, and also you can, you can, you know, if you, if you happen to know somebody that has an Oracle card deck or a tarot card deck, you can ask to look at it, you know, and, and so I have a funny story about that. So I had a friend, um, send me an image, um, via text one day and I loved it. It was, um, at the time I didn't know, but it was from this goddess guidance oracle cards um but it was let me see if i can find oh here she is lakshmi i think it's called yes bright future and she sent me ah, she sent so she texted me the image and i thought it was gorgeous i loved it so i (laughs) (laughs) and um so i saved the the picture i saved the image Mm -hmm. and i just i kept it in my photo album on my iphone 
loved it, loved it, loved it. And then I was sitting at my chiropractor's office one day and she had this deck. She had several, a few different decks in her bookshelf of a lot of different information. And I thought, oh my God, it's beautiful. So I picked it up and I'm giving myself, you know, shuffling. And I find this image and I was like, oh my God, I have this. I didn't know this was the deck it came from. And so I went out and bought this deck just for so I could have this card. And I just had it on a little card holder in my, uh, on my dresser for the longest time. Um, so yeah, so that was how I, I ended up buying the goddess guidance oracle cards so and they're yeah, like, like you said too they have the gold lining on the side and yeah i mean um, typically they're, they're made different. of like fairly thick uh cardstock and there's just something yes. really just aesthetically wonderful about you know holding them in your hands and everything um yeah i mean that card actually <clears throat> so i have it as well i keep it on i keep this card on my desk um at all times because anytime i look at it it calms me down, which is, you know, I have right. anxiety. So it's like yeah. very helpful. Um, well, we it really does. It, like it, this card literally reduces my stress. And I, yeah. I think it's a testament to there's so much amazing. I mean, I'm a creative person. I'm a musician. I'm a writer as well. I'm not much of a visual artist, but I love visual art. And like, there's some of the art on um, Oracle. It's and being extremely cards. modest, y'all. <laughs> incredible it's just incredible and it's so the artist in me gets jazzed about the, the artwork that yeah, goes, in, goes yeah, into it they're as well. beautiful um yeah so so okay I, so well yeah. it was kind of like what you were talking about earlier is just going with what feels right what we're feeling yeah. like listening to that call a lot of people like poo poo that away like you know mm -hmm. we ignore those little nudges and it's mm -hmm. like i just find that the more i listen to that nudge um it never steers me wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, oh yeah. And the more I listen to it, the more I get that validation of like, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be listening to. Absolutely. There's something greater than myself guiding me. Yeah. Directly. Yeah. I mean, actually, I mean, I feel like even though this is probably my second favorite deck, it's hard to choose because I love them all so much. And I have probably around 40 decks now. Do you really? Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's actually the table behind me with the purple tablecloth again oh that's the wrong way it's so tangled up on zoom like this but you can see they're all yeah. sitting here I have wow excuse me um, and it's one of the few times i mean every time i buy one i'm always sort of like i i don't want to buy too many because i don't want to like stop appreciating the ones that i have yeah. um but it's one of the few things in my life where I've ever bought like that many of something and I use all of them. Do you really? I do. Yeah. Wow. Do you Mainly alternate weekly or what do you do? How do you, how do you? I mean, I do a reading for myself every night okay. um, just to get some guidance and help for whatever the next day is going to bring. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, and I'm, I do, I've done a few reading. I'm breaking into doing readings for for money for for people just from the internet or whatever i just That's i haven't awesome. invested a lot of time in letting people know that i do that um but i've done it a little bit and it's amazing um and it's actually easier to do readings for people i don't know which and was an interesting so discovery. if someone listening or watching was interested what would they do <laughs> to contact you if you want to tell them right now because they might be wanting to know that and you can write yeah. it down yeah you can um well the easiest way is my website colinwester.com 
um, you can um, book a reading on there if you want to just directly, or you can, my contact information is on there um, if you'd like some more information. I'm also on uh, Instagram as um, Colin Worcester Spiritual Guide and Medium, all spelled out with no spaces or punctuation. Yes. But I was going to say something about, oh, I was going to say this is probably my second favorite deck overall, but. Is that the Enchanted Map one? Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's it's perfect that it that that spirit chose this as my first deck because I love um, I'm in love with something called the hero's journey, which is uh, a concept that was sort of I hate to say invented because it's more like he discovered it. But Joseph Campbell, who is a a professor and author. Um, until he, uh, for many years, until he passed, um, wrote a book called The Hero's Journey, where he essentially looked through the mythology stories of all sorts of different nations and cultures throughout history and realized there was this sort of common theme of, of mm. a journey that sort of seemed consistent. And his theory was that that humans have this almost encoded into like our DNA, that, mm. that we want to have these hero journeys ourselves and we want to watch other people's heroes journeys and most uh, films, but especially films that come out of Hollywood um, follow the hero's journey. And there's like a, you know, there's like a format to it and mm -hmm. there's a lot of flexibility within it, but there are certain things that kind of have to happen in the hero's journey. And um, I've always been fascinated by that whole thing. Um, there's an, another book and I'm blanking on his name, which I feel terrible about, but there's a book called the writer's journey which was written by a guy who I'm going to say his last name is Vogler. I think it's Vogler, V-O-G-L-E-R. Um, he was a script reader for Disney's film studios. Yeah. And he developed, he was a huge fan of Campbell's work and a big believer in the hero's journey. And he started using the hero's journey framework as a guide to like sort of analyze where screenplays were getting off, like yeah. where their flaws were. Yeah. Um, and he developed a little booklet for himself and then it got around Hollywood that Christopher Vogler is his name, finally remembered it. Um, but it got around Hollywood that he had this sort of cheat sheet for how to read a script and find out what's, what's working and what isn't. And so he started making photocopies for people and then eventually he turned it into a book so people could just buy it. Um, but I love that book as well. And it talks about how not only are Hollywood movies a hero's journey, but each of our own lives in real life is a hero's journey. And we usually mm. have many hero's journeys as we go through life. Nice. And so the enchanted map, the concept behind this deck is that when you pull a card, you're, you're finding out like what point on your journey oh. you are at so that you can understand it better and, and mm. make good choices and, you know, mm. get to the next place you need to be easy, mm. more easily. And that sort of thing. So. And is the hero, because I think of the hero's journey as being more of a male dominant thing. And so it's not, it's just a human being. Correct. I mean, most myth mythological, you know, stories are male just because early, early human culture tended to be very misogynist. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, it, it completely, um, completely applies to men and women. Um, the film that pops into my head, but it's, it's literal almost all Hollywood movies follow it, uh, but Wonder Woman, you know. I um, love that movie. Yeah, follows it, you know, to a T, to, to the letter. 
and it's her journey. And that's the thing about the hero's journey is like, it understands that all stories involve, involve lots of characters, but in the hero's journey, there is a central, there's always a central character right. and the, the, the story, and you can play with this in all sorts of different ways, but the story of it follows the hero's journey framework. Mm. And um, I mean, the basic parts of it are that um, they start out in a kind of normal world where everything is kind of stable. Something crazy happens. They get whisked into another world-ish. Um, they refuse the journey first, but then they accept it. They have a mentor in the early going who leaves them at some point so that they can continue on their own. Um, they go into like the belly of the beast kind of, you know, the sort of like the height of the challenge that they have to get through. Mm -hmm. um, and then when they get through that, they usually like get the prize, which can be anything. And then they have to uh, take the prize back to where they started from because that sort of shows them among other things that they have changed as a result of this journey and they come mm. back to where they started and the people that are where the story started are kind of in awe of how they have become like a higher level mm. person as yeah. a result of this journey oh, that's um, beautiful yeah so yeah. So how do you, because you have, you say you have 40 decks and do you, do you, <laughs> do you, how do you, what is your decision? When, how do you make your decision when you're, it's like Oracle or Tarot? Like when do you? Yeah. I mean, that's interesting because um, for a long time, I mean, I guess I still do this. Um, I guess since I, since I got my, I don't know, third or fourth deck, I've always been somebody like one of the weird little um, things about my specific human personality is I love taking things that aren't necessarily supposed to go together and unifying them all into one thing. Like that's just one of my things. And mm. I, it doesn't, I don't know where it came from, but I just love it. Um, like I used to write short stories when I was in high school about like all the characters from Star Trek and all the characters from Star Wars, like meeting. Yeah, right on. Like, I love that. Space, you know? <laughs> right? All my, all my other like little kid friends are like arguing, which is the better movie. And I'm just yeah. like, I'm writing in my own movie where they all yeah. hang out together. Yeah. Just how awesome would that be? Um, right. So pretty early on, I started doing, uh, almost all my readings, I would use multiple decks. So I would take cards from multiple decks. And in the beginning, like when I only had three decks, I would take one from each and that was pretty easy. Oh. Once I started getting developing a whole collection, now what I typically do is I just go over to my table where they're all laid out and I really just like grab whatever my intuition speaks to me and says, this is the right deck for this person. Um, it is a little challenging now because I, I have so many experience with so many of the decks that I kind of know like, oh, this one kind of tends to speak this way and this one tends to speak that way. So I have to keep my ego out of the, my, my intellectualism and ego out of the way so that I'm really just taking the decks that feel right rather than mm. like somebody will say to me, like they want a reading about their financial situation. And I kind of know now that there are card decks that have like kind of like La, 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 a lot of cards that have good financial news in them <laughs> and so but sometimes that's you know I'll still get the intuitive tug to use that deck but it's important mm -hmm. to me that it's the intuition and not like 
my ego wanting to give them good info, wanting to yeah. control the message yeah. and give them good financial news. Um, because that one of the reason I love the cards so much, I think why they work so well for me as a spiritual guide is that that is one of my number one issues with getting into my own tuition and whatever guidance might be flowing from whatever your concept of higher power is through me for other people is that my intellectual brain wants to jump in and control what I tell people and, and figure it out logically and then, and make it like correct from the ego's perspective and then give it to people. And that's actually not guidance. That's just me trying to tell other people what to do. <laughs> and so it's really important for me to clear the channel um, and to How really just kind that? of, well, the cards do it for me. I, I think that's why I love them is because um, I have friends who consider themselves to be sort of purely psychic and they can kind of tune into someone's energy or look them in the eyes or whatever. And they feel like they get, um, you know, it can be in different forms, but pictures or words or scenes. But information. You know, yeah. From, from their again, energy. Whatever, their, whatever the concept of higher power is that sort of gets downloaded into their mind. And then they just mm -hmm. sort of tell people. Um, for me, the challenge with anything in that realm, which gets into my medium work, which we'll talk about another time, but um, my intellect and my ego really want to get involved when I give guidance and it's really important to keep them out. So the cards, um, and I think especially the Oracle cards in the beginning for me were the device that's like, I'm the whole first part of the message. I don't have anything to do with cause it's on the card, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and each card, even in tarot, each card has a certain meaning that I'm not allowed to mess with. You know, it's, it's not up to me. Yeah. The interpretation that comes from my intuition afterwards is like sort of seeing the cards laid out and seeing what the general messages for each card is, you know, and again, if it's a spread, depending on, you know, whether it's a spread or not, whatever. Um, so I do use my intuition once the cards are sort of all laid out and chosen, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because then I feel like there is a message that part of it does need to, like how it all fits together is something that I'm very good at intuitively understanding and communicating. Right. Um, but the good news is like the big piece at the beginning of like, what is the, gen what is the general message here? that's determined by the universe because the universe is picking the card. Right. So it's sort of, it gives me this big flashing alert in the beginning that not to let my intellect um, and my ego sort of get in the way and interrupt the flow of information that's meant for this person. And there's just a practical thing where like the initial meanings, I am literally not in control of them. So my ego can't control them. <laughs> so it's well, almost like, and something I keep hearing you say throughout this whole conversation is feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it's far more of an emotional experience than a intellectual experience for, for sure. I mean, when people do readings um, and when I do readings for someone, we usually, I usually ask them like, is there a particular area of life you would like some guidance about or you just like to hear what your intuition has to say more clearly? is there a question in your life that's been bothering you or, or that's been gnawing at you that you'd like some information about? Um, and for me, that's all about, it's, it's about feelings, even though there is intellectual information there. Like if someone is dating someone and they're having a bump in the road and they would like some more information about it, of course, we're asking 
you know, higher power spirit, whatever, for information about that. So we have to kind of interpret the cards in line with that. So there's a little bit of intellectualization, but for the most part, it's it's emotional. You know, it's it's about um, what the person is feeling and what that energy means and what what energy they might be encountering. That's another thing that's really, Colette Baron-Reed has really helped me because she talks about, and I try to stick with this because for me, it works better. Um, she says she doesn't give um, predictions with card reading. She gives mm. prescriptions, meaning Ooh. she'll tell the cards inform uh, the person getting the reading about what kind of energy um, what kind of circumstances might be in the offing, either in the present, if you just need more clarity and understand the present or in the future, which you can't see currently. But it's not, she doesn't do readings of like, oh, your grandmother is going to die in seven months or, you know, and I don't mm -hmm. do that either. Mm -hmm. um, I find those, I think there are people that can, you know, that can read the future and, and can get detailed that that's their gift. Um, for me, I don't like doing it. And I also don't like receiving it because for me, if I, if I get a card reading from another reader and they say, oh, you know, you're gonna, a big sum of money is gonna come in April. That it's my fault, my responsibility, not the readers, but they've actually cre helped create a problem for me because from then on my ego, my intellect is gonna be like, where's the money in April? Where's, okay, it's April 1st, where's the money? And yeah. really, both the reading itself and whatever should come from it is best coming from flow, a flow state where you're not forcing anything. We talked mm. before this episode about how you just had a marvelous experience yeah. with your family where you didn't force anything. You, in fact, you had a long period of not forcing anything with them. And then this family situation came together yeah. from all your other family members arranging it. And you were just there like enjoying it and receiving it. And that's really the best way that readings happen and also that things from the readings happen. So I'm, I'm far happier when I'm getting a reading from someone, them saying, you know, your, your financial channel is really open right now. I just think that there's going to be a lot of really great financial things mm -hmm. happening for you in the, in the near future. That that's feels way, good when you say that versus the other. Like, yeah. You know, like and going back to I, feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It helps me feel good. If somebody says you're going to get a check for $3,000 in April, it almost does the, I think for some people that would actually make them feel happy and they can have that information and then kind of let go of it. I, when I get numbers, I, you know, my family's always had a weird thing with numbers. <laughs> my sister and I talk about this and like my ego and my intellect get very involved when I hear numbers. So if somebody says you're going to get a $3,000 check in April, like literally I'm just like, when is April 1st coming? And then like April 1st, I'm like, yeah, look, you know, like yeah. everybody I talk to is like, do you have my $3,000? <laughs> Which is yeah. really sort of telling the universe the opposite. Like, don't send me money because I'm stressed about it. And, you know, I, I really what it's saying is I don't have full faith that it's coming. Yeah. If I'm looking everywhere for it, like, where is it? Where is it? That's yeah. actually like yeah. not trusting the universe is bringing it. Yeah. And the universe can kind of say, oh, okay, you don't want it in April. Okay, we'll hold off then. So that doesn't really work for me, but it works for some people. I think some people, I've seen some people have a real gift for like, not just. And so what have the cards do, done for you? Yeah. What's that? Having, utilizing the cards in your life on a regular basis, what has it given you? I think for me, it's really my form of, 
Yeah, I think it's really how I connect to my, what I consider my concept of higher power and spirit. It's my prayer and meditation, honestly. Mm. Um, and I feel like I'm sort of spiritually limited in that way. Like a lot of people use prayer, no matter what their religion is, they use prayer as a way to, to communicate with their higher power. A lot of people use meditation. I don't know. I, you know, I struggle. I am diagnosed with ADD. I'm diagnosed with anxiety. Like I have a lot of crazy stuff going upstairs. So like sometimes when I try to meditate or sometimes when I try to pray, it's like not, it's like chaos. happening, huh? And wow. the thing about the card readings is, you know, I know I have to get quiet. I have to get centered. Um, sometimes I do say a little prayer, but at the very minimum, I usually like do a thing where I clear the energy of the cards and shuffle them. And that, mm -hmm. even just that little piece is sort of like, like a state. It's like a physical act. That's a statement that like, okay, I'm, I'm sort of relaxing my ego, my intellect to let them get out of the way here. And I'm opening up to a channel greater than myself. I, I, well, I guess I would say from my higher self and things greater than myself mm -hmm. to come in and inform me about anything I might need to know or, mm. or to strengthen anything I know, but needs to be stronger within me. Yeah. And um, I find it's helpful right before I go to bed because then I'm sort of, I'm usually like excited for the next day because it yeah. sort of tells me like what kind of energy I might be working with the next few, you know, either yeah. the next day or the next few days. Yeah. Um, and it also places me in this kind of nice position of like, I've just communicated with my, with spirit mm. and I feel connected to that, you know, as I kind of like, you know, go off into the dream. That's beautiful. Yeah. I and and I, I usually put the, I have a little, like a little stand for my car, actually multiple, but I have one right by my bedside and so I usually put the card or if it's no. two every yeah. now and then I do two or three but usually it's just one I no. put it by my bedside um in the card holder so when I wake up it's one of the first things I see and I remember yeah you know doing the reading the night before I'm like oh yeah today's gonna have this or the next few days is gonna have this beautiful cool. yeah so doing a little pre-paving yeah it's yeah. also saved my butt sometimes I had yeah. I remember really clearly um I did a reading for myself one night and it was something about like in your work situation, be very careful because uh, um, you're gonna be presented with some challenging situations. It's really important for you to be calm and to not overreact. And I was like, I don't know what that's talking about because I didn't have anything, I didn't have anything yeah. scheduled that day or whatever. And then I get to work and there's a surprise meeting scheduled for the afternoon that I have to go to. And it's this contentious like, everybody's getting triggered and and I was getting triggered and but I had that reading like fully in my mind like be calm don't say anything more than you absolutely have to like don't engage don't get wow. crazy that's great and like I knew when I walked out of that meeting like if I hadn't done that card reading for myself <laughs> I would have shot my mouth off yeah 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 I would have made I would have made real trouble for myself not unrecoverable wow. but I would have made yeah. I would have made my week harder and because of the reading I was able to like just hang in there and then it was just like the meeting was stressful but then it was over and that's it was really remarkable. great that's a great story thank you yeah. yeah well I think that's a great place for us to wrap up because yeah. uh it pretty much says it all right there right yeah thank you so much for your questions those are good questions yeah you're welcome <laughs> thanks for sharing I now know yeah. more yeah yeah, hopefully it's helpful for, for people yeah. watching or listening. I think so, most definitely.
So thank you. Uh, those of you who, who did listen or watch, we really appreciate it. Um, yes. Stephanie's uh, uh, an amazing life coach and they can reach you at? Uh, <laughs> you, if you Google uh, power in joy, the word I N joy, uh, transformational life coach and, uh, and the website's powerinjoy.com. Yeah, I offer a free 30 minute discovery session. I want to know all about you and what you want. And uh, you can reach me at colinwister.com, which is C O L L I N W O R S T E R.com. And oh, we'll try to put fabulous. We'll try to put those links and email addresses and everything in the comments of YouTube and the information area of the podcast and everything. But okay. thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, I'll talk to you next really week. Yeah, we really appreciate you listening and or watching and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Welcome to Co-Creation Station with Colin and Stephanie, a podcast about the law of attraction, the art of allowing, spiritual magic, and how to enjoy this strange and miraculous journey we call life. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now here are your hosts, Colin and Stephanie.